Hello and welcome to the Fish on Ted podcast, where we talk about the business of hunting and fishing. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast, and I want to thank everybody for listening today. We're recording this interview at the end of August of 2019. We're talking with Mike Bogue out of Redding, California, and uh, it's just the beginning of salmon season down in his area, and so we're really excited to be talking with him, but I don't want to steal a whole bunch of his thunder. Mike, you there? I am. Hey, Mike, how are you, man? Great, Ted. Appreciate it. Oh, well, terrific. Terrific. Well, hey, I want to uh, thank you for carving out some time to uh, talk with us today. And we're excited to uh, hear uh, about your uh, background and, and all the good things that uh, you do, not only on the water, but for the industry down in Northern California. And uh, for those uh, that, that don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself just a little bit? Well, I'm Mike Bogue from Mike Bogue's Guide Service. I was born in Redding, California, and have lived here my whole life. So I've got to see it grow and change, some for the better, maybe not everything for the better, but uh, it's been pretty exciting. Oh, that's terrific. So, so Mike, you, you and I were chatting just a little bit before we started recording here, and we were talking about, you know, when you got the bug, if you may, you know, to... Uh, to be in the fishing business. And you said, well, it wasn't a bug, it was a virus. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <laughs> how, how, how old were you when you started fishing the waters down there? Oh, my dad would take me when I was pretty young. I remember being maybe, you know, eight or 10 yeah. and probably before then, but we would fish a lot on the weekend in streams around here and, and at the lake and different things. And I always really enjoyed both hunting and fishing Mm -hmm. But I've uh, been fishing really my whole life. Yeah. So if you started on some of the streams, uh, what, trout fishing and that sort of thing? Yes, trout fishing was, there's several trout streams just, you know, within a half an hour of Redding, really. And, right. and we would go, you know, on the weekends and, and sometimes we'd camp and fish and sometimes we'd just go for the day because, you know, it's not that far. And, and I always really just in, enjoyed it, the fishing part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's not a whole lot of kids anymore, not as many kids anymore, that experience that sort of thing. And it just amazes me that, you know, more people are not involved in the sport as there used to be. And I think that's changing a little bit now. But gosh, as a kid, I remember growing up in Eugene and going and fishing on a creek called Mill Creek and catching little cutthroat trout and, and that sort of thing and what a great time that was and um you know so, sort of like uh, your background um, now now when did you start fishing for salmon then i didn't really fish for salmon we didn't really we didn't have a river boat and i would always have just fished from the bank and and seen you know guys in boats and thought man that'd mm -hmm. be sweet and and then when i was shoot in my mid-20s a friend of mine took me salmon fishing here i steelhead fished a lot in the different yeah. rivers from the bank also you know the whole time but once once i went with a friend of mine in a boat i knew that that was where the way to do it oh so how long did it take you from that day to when you got your first boat 
mm, a couple years is all. And actually, my first boat was a drift boat that I started fishing out of, and I started guiding out of a drift boat, actually. Oh, you did? Oh, no kidding. I'll be darned. I'll be darned. It, uh, um, for those people that listen to the podcast from, let's say, the East Coast or maybe the Southeast, a drift boat is uh, basically a rowboat. Um, and uh, uh, by its name, it drifts rivers and that sort of thing. And and uh, uh, it's it's an amazing way to fish, isn't it? It is an amazing way to fish. And, you know, for what it was really designed for, you you know motorboats don't go on those rivers you know it's you know some it's a white water boat and and a rough water you know boat that and and shallow and the where the drift boat was really made for that there's not you know mostly jet boats or any boats on those other than a drift boat right yeah it's a real it's a real passive way to uh um get away from the crowds and and uh talk about a great fishing machine i mean it's amazing isn't it you can uh, row into very shallow waters and, and be fishing places where a lot of people don't have access by, by other boats or... Oh, or absolutely. Brand. Yeah, yeah. What, what, I'm just curious. What, yeah, uh, they're a great fishing machine. Yeah, what brand of uh, drift boat did you have at that time? Uh, I had the... My very first one was an Aluma Well, then I got a Willie after that. Oh, you did? Oh, very good. I still have it. Oh, you do? Oh, do you get it out much? I still have it. Yeah, I yeah. no. That's more of a young man sport now. <laughs> it, isn't that? The I truth? still enjoy the drift boat, Ted. I really do enjoy the drift boat, but I enjoy sitting in the front a lot more than in a rower seat now. There's some work to that. I uh, uh, I, I actually built two drift boats, wooden drift boats, back in the late '80s and early '90s, and and uh, I uh, I sold my last drift, my last wooden drift boat on 9/11, the exact day of the attack uh to a guy and uh wow and uh boy i, I really like that and i really miss that boat but you know uh that was almost 20 years ago now and in 20 years i'll bet i've become a little bit uh, uh just a little bit mushy to, to be on those oars for a, a, a whole day <laughs> at a time but, uh, well, Ted, if it bug ever bites you where you think you want to row one again, you just come on down because I'll be glad to sit in the front of one. And I have one sitting here that you can get back there and pull on those oars a little bit. You know, I might just take you up on that. I uh, I really enjoyed that, but I'll have to I'll have to get on a rowing machine or something to, to uh, see if I'm even capable of doing that anymore. <laughs> but, uh, so oh, it's so just like riding a bike. I'm sure you don't forget. Yeah, probably. Probably. So, so how old were you when you uh, started guiding then, Mike? I was 28. Really? Wow. Wow. And uh, so you've been doing this just a little shy of 10 years then? Uh, a little shy, a little over 20. <laughs> I was giving you a bad time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you, and uh, and 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 now you're running pretty much a, uh, a sled most of the time. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. I got a 23 foot North River. That's a really nice fishing machine. Absolutely. Now, now again, for our listeners that are in other parts of the U.S. and, and the globe, um, a sled is, uh, is 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 pretty much an open boat, is it not? With uh, 
pedestal seats and I mean you've really got that thing set up for guiding right oh absolutely it's a 23 foot it's the only thing inside it is seats that's that I have a 250 Yamaha outboard jet motor which uh -huh. lets allows me to go in six inches of water you know wow. at full speed right right now is that is that a pump or is that a prop then it's a jet pump Oh, it's a jet pump. Okay. Well, that, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. If, if it's, it's an amazing way to fish and you can get in some really, uh, really shallow waters that way. Now you, you primarily fish the Sacramento river now, is that right? That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. But what happens here is in the, you know, it's we have Shasta dam, which is there for irrigation water and holding the water back. So right. in the winter time, early winter, they start shutting the water off and we have really shallow conditions here, November and sometimes in December if we don't get a lot of rain early. So yeah. that's when the jet pump really comes in. This time of year, we have, they're letting out plenty of water for irrigation, so we have a lot of water. You don't really, it's not 100% necessary to have right. a jet pump on there, but later it's, you can't even get out of the boat ramp if you don't have a jet pump. Yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet. So it, does salmon season in, in your uh, in your part of the world, does that last in what, until what, November, December, something like that? Well, what we have here is one of the unique situations in the whole world is that we have on the Sacramento River, we have four different runs of salmon. We have the spring, the fall, the late fall, and the winter. We mm -hmm. can fish for the fall run, which is on now, and we can fish the late fall that goes until December 15th. And so we get almost six months of salmon fishing where I don't know if any other place gets six months of king salmon fishing. Wow, that's amazing. Really, really. And and so they are, they are four different distinct runs in the Sacramento River then, huh? Yes. Yeah. Now, now do you get some of the other species of salmon like uh, like coho or pink or anything like that? We only have king salmon. You only have king salmon, really? I'll be darned. I'll be darned. Yeah. Which is, you know, unique also, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. How, how big are the runs now? Um, uh, and, and I know they fluctuate from year to year, but uh, are, you, are we talking hundreds of thousands of fish or millions of fish or, or what, Mike? Historically, there was over a million. Um, we're hoping for around between 250 and 400 this year, thousand. Uh -huh. um, and if that happens, it'll be a really it's it's the ocean's loaded with fish, and I'm pretty sure we we should get those numbers pretty easily. It's it should be it's all stacking up to be a great salmon season this year. Yeah, you know we've been we've been hearing that all the way from up north that. Um, everybody was sort of talking doom and gloom a couple of months ago going, gosh, there isn't going to be any salmon. And, and everybody was very concerned. Looked like the coho runs were going to be pretty good, but the king salmon, the, you know, at least in, you know, in, in Oregon, Washington, they were talking, it was going to be really small numbers, but holy smokes, that it's been anything but, but small numbers of fish. And uh, I would imagine you're going to experience the same thing as your runs start coming in. And, and, you know, we've already had some really good days already. And uh -huh. what, what we get here is the, the August fish 
and early September are excellent quality of fish, all mm-hmm. of them. And as the September, we roll into September and October, we get, you know, less quality and way more quantity. So, mm-hmm. you know, these fish are well worth catching. And, it, uh-huh. and we'll get nice fish throughout the year. It's just that, you know, they're all really nice right now. And right. then, you know, by the end of September and October, it's going to be, you know, they're not quite as shiny, not quite as bright a fish. And, uh, but there's way, way more of them. Yeah. Now the fish um, come through, um, <coughs> what is it, San Francisco Bay up to the, up to the Sacramento River? Is that how they get to you? That is how they get. They come right under the Golden Gate Bridge. No kidding. Okay. How long does it take for the salmon? And, I, and again, I know that's a, um, a, a kind of a moving target, but typically how long does it take for a salmon to get from coming under the Golden Gate Bridge up to Redding? Is it a, a couple of days, a couple of weeks or what? It, you know, it can, it varies. The late fall season in November, I've caught them with sea lice still on with that. Those die off, come off pretty quickly. Yeah. In the, you know, and I've heard biologists say they can go 50 miles a day. So, you know, three, four days, they can be here. It just depends on how bad they want to, I think, more than anything. Right, right. That's a, wow, no kidding. I didn't realize that uh, it was that short of a, a run for them from where they were coming in. So, yeah, they'd be, they're as chrome as can be by the time they reach you, huh? they are a lot of them are really really nice fish yeah now you've been actively involved in the industry as sort of an industry representative to a, a couple different what political or or uh, uh, organizations about uh, the the management of fish in the in the sacramento river are you are you still doing that i am currently uh, on the board of directors of the golden state salmon association uh-huh. And I was uh, several years ago the president of the NorCal Guide Association. Ah, okay, okay. Well, it, uh, I, I would imagine that, um, that 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 you've been through some very interesting meetings. Uh, how is the the management of salmon uh, being handled in Northern California? <laughs> Uh, similar to where everywhere else in the world, Ted, I would have to say, um, okay. it's certainly not a priority. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. But it, but it's but it sounds like the ecosystem of where you're at uh, is, is sustainable. It, it, are there hatcheries on the upper sack then that uh, that uh, help with the runs every year? We have uh, Coleman National Fish Hatchery. We have one hatchery here on the Upper Sac, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. They do, you know. I mean, we're glad, certainly glad to have them. That's for sure. Yeah. Not sure why we wouldn't have another one or, or five with the you know, the way the water is getting managed, but mm-hmm. uh, we're glad to have what we have. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and and do they just raise salmon smolt then, or do they raise steelhead and trout and that sort of thing also? They raise um, salmon and steelhead only. Oh, they do really. What what's the release on uh, on salmon every year from the hatchery then? Their number is twelve million smolts is what they release. 
Years yeah. ago, 10, 15 years ago, they were letting go 20 million. So mm -hmm. they've cut it back to 12, and some years it's not enough. Yeah. Well, and 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 again, for people that that aren't necessarily attuned to the the um, uh, what goes on in the Northwest, just because you release 12 million smolt does not mean that you get 12 million returning salmon because a lot of those smolt are are just fish food for other predator fish as they go down through the system, aren't they? Oh, exactly. If, and you know, I should have mentioned this part, if they get back 1% is a great return. So if they get back 120,000, that is really, really good of a return from 12 million. Right, right, holy smokes, holy smokes. So what is, I mean, uh, the, the returning fish, what is the, the numbers, uh, do they have any idea of the numbers between wild fish and hatchery fish that come back? It used at one time it was 50-50. Now it's probably more like 70 hatchery, 30 wild, or natural spawners because the hatcheries, they've been hatcheries on this river since the 1800s. So right. there's no such thing as a wild fish. They, oh. they're, they're natural spawners. There's a lot of natural habitat to be, you know, for to be spawning in. You yeah. know, lots of tributaries, and a lot of them spawn in the river also. Right. So, um, as as a fisherman, can you can you harvest a a a, a, a so-called wild fish, or uh, they must clip the fins or something to identify them, don't they? They do clip on at this, on this river. They they clip twenty five percent, twenty five. Yeah, I think it's twenty five percent of them they clip. So there's a very you know only a quarter of them are clipped. So the rest of them you can't tell the difference. Oh really? Oh wow! And it doesn't matter on what you catch and keep. We can keep two salmon, two king salmon on this river. Oh, so the, the wild and hatchery part doesn't matter. Wow. Wow. Well, that that's uh, that's a positive note. So, so how big are do the salmon get in uh, in the Sacramento and the different runs? We the record here on the Sacramento River, Ted, is eighty eight pounds, Good. which was caught in the seventies. Yeah. There's typically fifty pounders caught every year. Um, you know, thirty five pounders are not uncommon. Uh -huh. Probably an average fish is between 15 and 25. Wow, that's a good sized fish. That's a really good size. Well, and you can, you know, you can, you can keep two with the limit being two. I don't know. I've one other person told me of another river on the West Coast that you can keep two king salmon, but in Alaska, nowhere in Alaska, nowhere anywhere else that I know of, other than this one river, and it's a small little river that and it's a hatchery river. But this is the only place really left you can keep to. Yeah. Now, is there a, is there a tag limit or anything like that, Mike? I mean, can you can you only keep a certain amount of salmon in an entire year? Nope. No. No. None of that. Really? No kidding. Because um, um, I, I I followed the Nushagak up in Alaska, which is considered a you know a premier King River or a Chinook River, and this last year. Like you were saying, they only went to one fish a day, and possession uh, limit was only four fish, and that was for the entire year. And uh, gosh, if, right. uh, 
in, in your part of the world, if you can get out and fish five or six times or even more, holy smokes, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of salmon in your freezer, isn't it? Oh, you can't be, and the, the, you know, no one's ever, I've never heard of anyone getting checked on this and I'm not even sure how it works. Uh -huh. It says you can have two fish for in possession, but possession changes if they're processed. But right. I've never been able to get it clear on what exactly processed is. Is processed smoked, canned, or filleted? Is that which one? Is, is that's, what is processed? But oh. I've never, there's never been anyone, I've ever heard of anyone check, ever get checked on that. So it's kind right. of a kind of a little technicality and but again i don't know what what that really means wow that's incredible i mean two fish a day uh, you must have uh, people that come in from all over to uh um to fish salmon in redding huh i do get guys come from all over yeah 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 i'll be darned you know and, and the other thing that um I, has been interesting to me about your area is the 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 trout fishing uh, the, or the trout fishery that's kind of exploded around Redding, and if uh, listeners are um, into catching trout, you've really got a world class trout river there, along with a, a, an excellent salmon river, don't you? Oh, absolutely. The, the and the thing about the rainbows is they're all they are well, there's no rainbow hatchery they're all wild and um, yeah they're you know you can get several over 20 inches a day which are five six pounds mm -hmm. um an average day 15 to 25 for two guys and yeah it's it's really really a great fishery for rainbows oh that's incredible man that is incredible i I, I, I grew up on the McKinsey River, as I mentioned, and we used to fish rainbows, you know, uh, that was our playground, and uh, almost every day during season, you know, and uh, just love that, and, and have chased the rainbows up and down through British Columbia and into Alaska, and fished uh, like the Chit system and the Nutriac, as I, I mentioned, and the size of fish that you're getting in Redding now, and the number of fish that you can catch are comparable you know with you know trips way up north i mean it, it's an amazing fishery oh it is unbelievable i've had guys that have fished with me that have fished all over the world for rainbow and, and said you know this is as good as anywhere mm -hmm. which you know was amazing to me you know and i don't really think you know we can see it all the time and you can fish them year-round so it's not that you know big deal here but you know, when you think about it, it is a really big deal. It's a great, great fishery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, is that is that only a, a fly fishery, Mike, or is can you use conventional gear on, 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 on trout also? Yeah, you can use the only reg restriction is um, that it's, you got to use barbless hooks. And that's it, huh? That's it. Yeah, you can fish them with, with salmon eggs. We fish them with night crawlers, fish them with crickets. Mm-hmm. I'll be darned. All kinds and, of anyway. Any way yeah. you can you want to fish for them. And is that all catch and release then? The the upper section is all catch and release and you can go down river ways and you can keep one hatchery which would be a steelhead. Right. Um, down river. Oh, okay. 
Wow, amazing. What, Which I'm makes just, it nice. Go ahead. Oh, it makes it nice when, you know, you can, those fish are there. If you killed five a day or three a day for every person, you know, it takes those fish a while to get to be 20 inches. You know, yeah, you could does. knock that back in a hurry if you killed a bunch of them. That's, that's true. That's true. Well, a, 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 a rainbow is a photograph fish, man. They are so pretty. And um, it, it, they're beautiful. It, yeah. Catching a fish that size. I've always had trouble, you know, keeping it. That um, It just didn't make sense, you know, let them go and let the next guy have fun. What, what, what's the biggest rainbow you've uh, pulled out of there in recent years, Mike? 28 inches. Holy smokes. What is that? And we just take measured it real quick and got a picture and put it back. Yeah. Is that a 10-pound fish? Is that what that is? It's close. It's yeah. darn close. Yeah. Good Lord. That's a, that's a monster, man. It is. It's amazing. We thought it was a salmon when we first hooked it. Yeah, I'll bet so. I'll bet so. That <laughs> I'll be darned. So, so what's a typical day like fishing with you? What now, um, in regards to you know showing up at the at the ramp or showing up at the dock? What uh, what goes on? Well, what typically I do, Ted, is I will meet people in Anderson, either at their motel or an easy place right off the freeway. And I have them follow me to the boat ramp. That's where there's no confusion at the boat ramp. And, you know, they know who, what boat they're getting in. And, and we you know, try to make it as easy as possible. And for salmon season, which we're fishing right now, we'll start. I've been meeting people about 530 in the morning. And we're fishing usually a little after 6. Mm -hmm. um, we've been fishing with a lot of, of uh, T-55 flatfish with the sardine wrap. Mm-hmm. And we'll back bounce and we'll start fishing. And some days we cover 10, 15 miles of river. Some days we cover five. It just depends on where the fish are and, and how they're biting. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, everyone was worried and, and concerned more than anything about it being, you know, it can be 105 in Redding this time of year. But we start early and, and we fish that we're done by about one, fish about uh -huh. seven hours. Uh -huh. And it's, you know, it's warm at 1 o'clock, but it's not 105, you know. Right. So it's not a, a painful day by no means. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's hard to fish when it's 105. It's hard to do anything when it's 105. Oh, but, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, at the end, we I got a nice place in the shade where I tie up the boat and, and fillet the fish and bag them and, and then return right back to the boat ramp. And, and they have their car and their ice chest there, and we're, we're good from there. Wow, terrific. Now you provide all of the gear and the bait and, and everything, is that right? Provide everything and fish processing. I went with some buddies of mine down in the bay here on a, a they rented the whole party boat and it was interesting. I, I thought it was kind of comical because you had to pay for the weight, you had to pay for the hook, you had to pay for the bait, and then you had to pay for them to clean your fish. And I thought, man, I'm missing out here. I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, they, you had to pay for the weight and the and the hook? Really? Yeah. Yeah, That's you bought the liter. You bought yeah. two weights and the and three liters that was in a package. Yeah. And, and that's what you fished with. And then at the end, you paid the guy to fillet your fish. Wow, no kidding. So the, <laughs> so they were nickel and a dime in them. That, that's, the, that's crazy, man. 
Well, that was interesting. I, you know, like I said, I thought, man, I'm missing out on a whole deal here. But yeah. no, we, I provide all the bait and tackle. That way nobody has to worry, you know, do we have the right size line? Well, do I need to get a new line? Do I have the right to, you know, they don't have to worry. And, and I don't, and I, if guys want to bring, some guys do bring their own gear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's fine also. But I have, you know, everything, and I have right-handed reels, and we use level lines for salmon fishing, so I have right-handed ones and left-handed ones for people who want to reel either way, and that makes uh, it kind of convenient and nice for people. I have guys who ask, some guys will ask me if I have that because they want to bring their own left hand. Right. A lot of guys only have right-handed reels just because, you know, most people want to do that, but we try right. to have both and make it easy and comfortable for everyone. I'll be darned. Now, do you run any particular uh, manufacturer when it comes to rods and reels? I have Lamaglass rods and Okuma reels. Very good. Very good. Uh, uh, Okuma came out this last year with some new reels. They actually are line counters, and I'm not really need that, but they're it's kind of cool. But they have extra large handles, and everyone loves them. They they just feel so comfortable, and they and they, you know, I used them last year was the first year I used them, and then now I've used them obviously again this year. But everyone was really happy and excited about using those new Akuma reels with the big handles, and and I, I like them too. Yeah, I'll be darned. Well, and you bring up a really good point there because fishing the rivers, you're not fishing in that deep of water. I mean, you're not using downriggers and that sort of thing, are you? No, no downriggers. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, um, and so 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 when 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 a when a twenty pound chinook hits, then what happens? Then it's on. <laughs> That's the excitement. <laughs> um, what we what I you what I fish a lot with Ted is is Yakima baits flatfish, and I said they're T fifty fives, and okay. and they're a pretty big lure, and there's no question about a bite. Those fish. Mm-hmm really aggressively grab that thing mm-hmm. and so once we when we get a fish on and we use pretty light gear really and it, you know the whole thing is to fight the fish and get the fight and the fun right and after we get one on everybody have everybody reel in whoever has the fish on gets in the back of the boat and just follows the fish around uh-huh. and uh until i can net it and then we take some great pictures and put it in the box and get another one there you go. There you go. So you're the, the way you're, 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 you're doing it. I mean, obviously you might have some uh, uh, rod holders and that sort of thing, but pretty much everybody has their own, uh, their own rod that they're tending. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I have rod holders. I do not usually, usually use them. I mean, unless somebody really wants to, we do a lot of back bouncing. So uh-huh. you're engaged in this fishing, you're fishing, you know, the whole time you got to, you know, keep fishing. Right. And, you know, and there's times where we, and there's places where we'll put on some little weights and just flatline them and stuff where we can catfish and put them in the rod holders. But, you know, usually people are engaged in and they're fishing. Mm-hmm. So they're feeling the whole bite and they're feeling the hooks. So they're doing the hook set and, and the whole thing is really on them. Oh, terrific. Terrific. So they're, they're getting, they're getting the full meal deal. It isn't like a, you're handing them a rod saying, reel this one in they've set the hook and no not usually yeah yeah awesome awesome and and you put now now you put in uh, obviously uh, it probably varies based on where you where the fish are but i mean you're you're just 
literally miles, aren't you, away from Redding and Anderson, where you typically fish? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and where we fish, where there's a place where we fish, it's down river ways. We'll end up down there a lot of days. It's a wild and scenic section of the river. There's no roads. There's no houses. There's nothing down there. It's a big canyon. We call it the canyon. And it's a canyon down there where it's a wild and scenic river, and there's nothing down there. And it's really? it could be, you know, anywhere USA, really. You know, it just happens to be in, in Northern California. But it's it's a really, it's the most beautiful part of the Sacramento River. Uh-huh. And, you know, we see bald eagles. We see deer. I've seen mountain lions. I've seen yeah. a bear, um, ospreys, you know, ducks and geese. There's all kinds of stuff that we can see along that river. Mm-hmm. You know, we're down there, so it is right. pretty cool. Oh, that's amazing! And and you'll take uh, will you take uh, what up to what six people on your boat, something like that? I can take up to six. Four fish is super comfortable, um, mm-hmm. but we fit six in real easy. I just throw in a couple more chairs. Oh, is that right? okay? Okay, very good. And then what what if somebody has a group bigger than that? Maybe they have a corporate group that they're doing um you know a team building with or something like that can you accommodate those types of people also oh absolutely i got several buddies who we we will work together on those kind of situations you know back and forth and uh another buddy of mine is coming here he's actually gonna be yep stay at my house for the season to fish so that's real easy to get more than four people in a boat Uh, one phone call away very very good oh that uh I know that's becoming a, a, a very popular thing, is uh, taking your crew, or if you may, on a, on a team building exercise or a, or a, or a, an adventure. And um, you know, it, a lot of people do you know do golf outings and that sort of thing. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than getting on a boat and high fiving each other when you when you put you know when you put a salmon in the boat and and uh, you're all together. Uh, you know, uh, 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 have, you know, having the same experience together. Oh, exactly. And, and, you know, and I have some trips like that. And the thing is, it's interesting about fishing. You know, you know, guys go golfing. Usually there's some guys that are what, a bit better golfers. And in fishing, there's guys that are better fishermen, but those fish don't know that. They don't <laughs> care who's holding that rod or no, you know. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's so true. That is so true. <laughs> but, you know, golfing deal, you go golfing and, and Joe's a, a, you know, a scratch golfer and everybody else is a 20 over par. I mean, that ain't that much fun, but mm-hmm. it don't matter fishing. <laughs> yep. You can be the best fisherman, don't matter. Those fish have no idea that you're the best fisherman or do they care. <laughs> That's so true. I was, I was on, a, on a, a boat in Alaska this last year up in the Wrangell Narrows. And we had a lady on the boat, she and her husband actually, and her, and her husband is a, a fairly renowned fisherman and, and really knows this stuff and he's a, a, a part of the industry. And she's this little bitty gal of about 80 pounds, you know? And by God, if the boat didn't bring in a 241 pound halibut and guess whose rod that was caught on? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hot on, on Mary's rod, and, and and that fish was three times the size of what Mary was. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. But, uh, yeah, see, that fish didn't care. She no, didn't know Mary shouldn't be able to catch a fish that big. That's exactly right. 
And by God, you couldn't get that rod away from Mary, I'll tell you what, you know, she was bound and determined to get that thing to the boat all by herself, and she did. You know, it was really Good cool. for her. That's awesome. It was really cool. But uh, anyway, well, well, Mike, how do people get a hold of you if uh, they want to book a trip or, or maybe multiple trips? Um, I have, we have a website, MikeVogue.com. Mm -hmm. um, the phone number is 530-246-8457. And you can, on the website, there's obviously a place to email. Um, mm -hmm. Give me a call and we can make it happen. Very good. And I would imagine with the way the fishery is lining up, your schedule is going to get uh, pretty well booked out pretty quickly, isn't it? I'm anticipating it to be full. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, um, you know, if somebody wants to uh, come and fish with you for a day or two, they probably should jump on this um, to, uh, uh, to, to make sure that they get to be part of this. Gosh, can you know, with, with the two fish limit on salmon fishing, and if you're bringing in 20, 25 pound uh, fish on an average, I mean, you're, you're walking away with, uh, that's a big cooler of fish if you bring two or three of you, isn't it? Oh, it is, absolutely. And the guy that just, that fishes me pretty regularly fished this week already, and he holds the record for, in one day, he took home 86 pounds of fish. Oh my God, really? That's the boat record for a two fish limit, and and it happened you know a few years ago. But you know, right. so you know that's what can happen. You know, you're one. Well, I tell people every day, you're one by the way from a really big one, but yeah, you got to have your line in the water. And and if you haven't if you haven't tasted a fresh Chinook uh, salmon fillet or or steak, you're in for a treat because that isn't like buying uh, buying fresh salmon at Costco, is it? No, it's different. It's quite a bit different. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, Mike, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking time today to uh, chat with us a little bit. Um, your your area there in Reading, where you fish, just absolutely amazes me. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, coming down and, and fishing with you sometime. That'd be a whole lot of fun. Um, but you really do have a, a mecca when it comes to salmon and trout and, and of all places northern california which you don't have to take a you know four hour flight to get to you know if you're on the west coast um, it's right there in a lot of people's backyard exactly it is pretty handy i'm really feel blessed to be able to have this here you should you should well mike thanks again i appreciate it i, I wish you the best season ever uh tight lines and and uh, uh we'll look forward to seeing you soon Great. Thanks, Ted. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to you coming down and fishing. That'll be fun.